0: Episode forty seven of the nuts starring Pet Shop Eddie and Shoop Dogs in the house. Did I just notice for the first time you got on a Patriots jacket?
1: Well yeah, don't you know why? No they Lost to the Patriots twenty one eighteen. So, my friend Bart gave me this jacket many years ago. It was like his brothers, and it didn't fit him, so he gave it to me. It's actually really comfortable, but he says if the Steelers and the Patriots play and the Patriots win, i got to rock it. So, I thought, what better way to eat a big old piece of humble pie than right here on the nuts?
0: Well, play your song, brother. You got it.
1: Oh, no. Not you. That's right. I am the shoot dog. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm sporting a fucking Patriots jacket.
0: I think maybe someday this podcast morphs into just videos of you dancing and, <laughs> and me sitting here enjoying you dancing and like play, uh, play Alice DJ, uh, uh, play, uh, <laughs> Just requesting songs.
1: (laughs) Oh, that'd be a sweet episode, Alice DJ.
0: (laughs) Better off alone, baby.
1: Better off alone. That's a great song. All
0: right. Alright, so we start we started off good, so Go ahead, did you have some oh, you're taking them shades off?
1: I can't see anything in the pit vipers, man. They look pretty cool though.
0: So you wearing that jacket reminds me – I'll tell a quick story before we get into the episode here. One of the worst weeks of my life, I had a bet with my buddy Dell, who hasn't been on this podcast. He's a Canucks fan. He's born uh-huh. and raised in Vancouver. The Habs? Yeah. No, no. The Habs is the Canadians. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, We call them the Canuckleheads. Mm. So Flyers were playing out here in Vancouver – We're buddies. We're drinking buddies. We're all kinds of buddies. And we have a bet where the loser of the matchup has to post a picture on Facebook in the opposing team's jersey holding up number one Mm -hmm. and leave it for a week as your profile picture. And you can't explain to your friends what's going on. Okay. (laughs) So, and of course him and I drove up to Vancouver, stayed up there all weekend for the game. And the Flyers had won like nine or 10 in a row in Vancouver. It was like a yearly thing. They would just come out to Vancouver on New Year's Eve and beat the Canucks head, uh, beat their ass. And sure enough, the one year I have that bet on it, they lay an egg. <laughs> and so I honor the bet. I, I'm in his house. We come back from the weekend. I'm depressed. I'm miserable. He takes a picture of me. I'm standing in his doorway like like you could just you know, see in my face that I didn't really mean it, but I had to do it. And I posted it as my profile picture. And this was I want to say, 2010, t- 2009. So it was, it was like... <sighs> The height of Facebook. Well, my buddies on the East Coast, including the wolf who's been on here, just fillet me, dude. Like, what the fuck are you wearing? Canucks jersey. And I couldn't do shit about it, right? Like I was honoring the bet. I couldn't say shit for one week. I just had to let those comments build up. And they're like, you poser. You front runner, they lose one game and you jump ship. Like, <laughs> let me tell you something, shoot It was the worst week of my life. That fandom, obviously, is my identity. Like, it is my identity, it's especially since I left Philadelphia. I've become, like, even more of this, like, Philly and... I was so miserable that week. Now, my mom cheated a little bit. My mom, who is being a mom, she saw all these comments just roasting me, and she's like, he lost a bet.
1: <laughs> and
0: and then Dell got mad at me. He's like, your mom totally... And I'm like, I can't control what my mom's going to do, you know? Uh, but, dude, I, I will never, ever make another bet like that in my life. So you sitting there rocking that, Patriots jerseys bringing back bad memories to me but you don't seem to mind as much as I did
1: I mean okay I don't yeah if I put if I posed on social media in this jacket just by the by itself with no comments I'm sure a few people who know I'm a Steeler fan be like what's that all about but um, yeah I I used to say now when the Patriots For winning, I'd say you know. Anytime I want to start a fight, I just wear this jacket out in public because like people are like, "Fuck them!" It's like the MAGA hat of NFL, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah. For a while, yeah. For a while there, everybody was sick of seeing them in the AFC Championship and beyond. Uh, So I hear, I hear the hate. Uh, Well, let's get this episode started, huh? It's episode forty-seven. Uh, last week, we had Anthony Gargano, Philadelphia radio legend. Um, I was really depressed the whole episode, seeing that we had more technical difficulties. But it turned out okay, Shoop, Did you watch the episode?
1: I did. I thought, yeah, I had similar feelings to you. We, we wore them on the sleeve last week. But then after watching it, I'm like, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. And, and the one thing I did mention to you last week, which again re-watching it was you know he seemed to enjoy himself and be smiling and we had a funny story in there when I came on and I, I think it was definitely memorable for him that's for sure
0: yeah I think so too and so hopefully we'll have Anthony back on again I'm not going to ask him for a little while here but uh, I'll reach out to him in a bit and have him come on did you hear from TP?
1: I haven't heard anything from Troy nothing actually I'm I-
0: almost go ahead
1: well, the the only thing I heard from him was he chimed in a few times on a group chat about like his favorite McDonald's breakfast order and like something else, but nothing regarding this. Nah,
0: hmm. I'm almost positive that Anthony is going to or already said to him, "Hey, I was on with Shoop. I mean, there's no there's no doubt in my mind he would do that.
1: Sometimes I wonder if T.P. thinks it's great that, like, randomly he can hear about my name from, like, people like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, what? How does that keep happening?
0: Or Had this happened before?
1: Or I'm just wondering in the back of his mind, just, does Aaron just run around the world in a Steelers shirt saying, yeah, Troy and I go way back?
0: <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I,
1: I, I You know, uh he knows me, all right? Troy knows me. It's not that I know Troy. He knows me.
0: <laughs> um, I don't think he's got beef with that. I think anybody who's fortunate to be buddies with a first ballot Hall of Famer is going to use that throughout life, and not you're not you're not using his name to get into clubs or anything like that. So, are no, you? No, I'm no, I'm not. <laughs> um, but you
1: something crazy actually on this topic. There was a time when I moved out here early on, like 2014, and. Things weren't going great for me out here. And um uh Troy was actually trying to help me out by um uh, getting me get me a job out in Pittsburgh at one of the hotels that like the Steelers deal with. And uh okay. ultimately it didn't work out, but you know, good on him for uh for trying to pull some strings and help me out as it turns out God's will was for me to stay here but the piece that was funny is I had an email chain back and forth with um their now general manager I think his name is Omar Khan
0: okay
1: I'd have to double check that but at the time he was like the head of security or something like that but, you know, when I saw that he became the GM, I was like, oh, let me dig through some emails. I think I recognize that name. I was like, holy shit, here I am with about a four or five email chain with the now GM of the Steelers about if I could get a job working security at the Double Tree or something funny like that.
0: That's a good segue into uh, Dom DeSandro. You want to talk about Dom?
1: I love Big Don. Now, listen, you need to educate me because I'm sure you know things. I don't know anything about this man. All of a sudden, the thing with him and Greenlaw brings up Big Dom, which I can understand why he's named that. So help me out. Educate me.
0: Yeah, so I don't know a whole lot more than you probably. I sort of know what the public knows about Big Dom. Um, I First of all, he's been there forever. He was there when Andy was there. He's been there when Chip was there. Uh, he's essentially Jeffrey Laurie's guy. Um, he now has the title of head, head of security, but he does so much more than that. Um, he actually has player input. (laughs) Um, he's a big, he's big on character guys, or, or he's big on figuring out the character of guys. He sits down with potential draft picks and other guys in the league. Like I'm sure he had a hand in, um, signing shaq leonard now everybody's talking about how shaq leonard's relationship with sirianni was the big thing but i'm positive that big dom was sitting down during that meeting so he's definitely got lore uh, and and you know it's head of security i think he's got some sort of personnel title as well um and he was suspended last week i don't know if you know against the cowboys he was suspended um I'm not sure if that was a league mandated thing or a team mandated thing, but he got suspended one game for being on the field, but he'll be back there uh, this Monday night out here in Seattle, which we'll talk about in just a second. We got so much to talk about in this episode, but did you want to talk more about big Dom? I, what well, else did you want to know?
1: I just, I, I guess where I didn't, I, what I didn't understand is it, is he actually an employee of the Eagles
0: Yes, for he's, 100%. He he's on the payroll. He's been on the payroll I want to say over 20 years. I mean, however long it's been since Andy, he was definitely there with Andy. I'm not sure he was there for the full 14 years of Andy, but he was there towards the tail end for sure. So, he's been at least 20, maybe 23 or 24 years now.
1: I mean, that's crazy. That could be one of the most tenured employees of the Eagles.
0: Yeah. That's, I think he I, is, and I and we can look that up. I didn't know you wanted to know that specifically, but I can look that up for sure. I know he's more. A lot of people think of him as Sirianni's guy because the eye tie thing, and because he got so much notoriety a couple weeks ago against San Fran. But it's not. It's not necessarily Sirianni's guy. It's it's uh, it's Jeffrey Lurie's guy. He's been there forever.
1: That's that's just fascinating to me.
0: Cool. Well, we'll talk more about him. I got no problem bringing Dom up. Um, <laughs> How can we reach out to
1: Big Dom and invite him on the nuts? I need to know more about this guy. I can't imagine there's a lot of offers for him to go on podcasts. I mean, maybe.
0: Well, at this point, I've got Anthony is pretty close to the team. I can certainly reach out to him and say, "Yo, throw Big Dom a a, a link, will you?" <laughs> That'd be
1: fucking cool. I'm just like, I got, I want to know everything.
0: We're getting uh we're getting behind in our episode here. It's a big week for Eagles fans. Um once again, we've got lots of pain. We got we got taken out to the woodshed for the second week in a row, shoot. What's going on with my Eagles? I mean, we'll get to them a little bit later in the flop, but just quickly, like is the sky falling for Eagles fans?
1: I mean, a little bit. Yeah, I got to be real. You drop two in a row. And you're used to seeing yourself in the number one seed and the NFC. And obviously the leader in your division. And now you're the five, the what five seed.
0: Yeah. So they're five right now. So they've dropped from one to five, dropping those two games. Um, fortunately for the Eagles fans, the way it works out is if they do win out, they will be the number two seed. If San Fran wins out as well, because Right now, Dallas has the edge on the Eagles based on conference record. But if the Eagles win their four remaining games, it's uh, it's against four NFC teams, Seahawks, Giants, Cardinals, Giants. So that record will then leapfrog the Cowboys for a tiebreaker. And so if both teams win out, the Eagles will get the nfc east title and either the one or two seed depending on what san fran does um so you know yeah they fell back to five but i don't think the eagles expect to be five but i certainly if the eagles are a five seed uh you know the, the season changed quickly didn't it shoot
1: Yeah, 100%. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't looked at those scenarios to see the difference between two and five. Two, obviously, is no buy but a home game. Exactly. Five, I think, puts you on
0: the road. 100%. 100% it puts you on the road. In fact, I mean you've only got two teams below you. So you would need, uh, you got the six and the seven seed. So you would need a major upset to have a home game. Essentially, if you're a five seed, you're playing on the road the entire time. You don't have a home game at all. Yeah. Um, and, and two, it's, you know, the complete opposite, right? The only way you don't have a home game is if you have to play the number one seed, which is likely if it would be the Niners that you would have to go to San Fran and beat them. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, let, we'll, let's put that on pause because we'll talk about playoff and seedings and stuff in another week or so as we get closer to it. Um, but just uh, – Well, there's just,
1: just uh, one thing I do want to say about that game, though. They did lose. So, so, so Dallas is tough at home. Dak is playing the best I've ever seen him play. He's protected. He's back there just, you know, all of a sudden CD Lamb looks like freaking Jerry Rice. There's a lot going on. But there was a point in that game where Philly could have scored and made it really interesting, and uh, Devontae fumbled, and that was kind of it. So you drop two in a row to uh, two really good teams. But I don't know. I find myself being way more pro-Eagle than I've ever been in the past. I think there's some 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 good in there, should they have to see them in the playoffs. They're, you know, They know they can move the ball and they certainly know what defensive adjustments need to be made. So, yeah.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I agree with what your your sentiment here because I I think they learned some valuable lessons these last 2 weeks and you know, obviously, uh you would like to learn one lesson and get beat once and then never lose again. Okay, great. That's ideal. But I think getting whooped twice by good teams have sort of uh, made the Eagles realize that it's not going to be, you know, a clear, easy path to the Super Bowl. And I would, I actually would much rather have three or four losses even going into the playoffs than one, right? Um, where sure. they just think their shit don't stink and they're just going to skate to the Super Bowl. And then they, and then a team comes in and, you know, essentially gives them their best. So, yeah, they're, they're, there's value in those losses, um, but it's just a little scary. And, of course, i have got um, Eagles, Seahawks coming up, which we will talk about a little bit more here as we go because there's going to be a bonus episode coming on Saturday afternoon, Troop. Are you going to be able to join us while I'm down at last call?
1: Oh, I thought you were moving it to Monday with the game. That's not the case.
0: Correct. That is not the case. I will be um, participating in Tomfoolery and Shenanigans on Monday, and I won't be able to put a podcast together.
1: Tomfoolery and Shenanigans. That sounds great. Uh, I I would say most likely I'll be able to join you. Let's talk more off the air on those details. But um, most likely, yes.
0: Sounds good. I think this is a record shoot. We're almost twenty minutes in, and we haven't done our forty-seven in sports. You want to get to it?
1: Forty-seven in sports. These numbers—it's it, these like um, mid to high forties are kind of uh, interesting. There's sometimes it's slim pickings, huh?
0: <laughs> I definitely had some slim pickings, so we can just knock it out quickly. Do you want to start? You go ahead and start us off. All right. So I did have a pretty noteworthy Philadelphia Philly. And that's Radio Man Larry Anderson. He was a tall, left-handed reliever and, um, you know, really good um, couple of – actually had two stints with the Phillies. Um, He was part of the 1980 team who won the World Series, and then he was also part of the 93 team. That lost the World Series to Joe Carter. So, certainly a valued and worthy name to make the podcast, Larry Anderson. Now, I enjoy him very much on the radio. He bitches at, about the umpires a little too much for my liking, but he's got really funny, dry humor, which is right up my alley. And him and Scott Fransky, Fransky for my money, are way better than anything that the Phillies trot out there for television. Um, and I've actually, you know, it's funny. We talked about Facebook earlier in 2009 Shoop, I started a Facebook group because back then it was cool to start a Facebook group and it was titled let's get Scott Fransky to television. And I loved Fransky back in 2009, all these years later, he's still in radio. I think he likes to be in radio. I think he, he deferred the television job sort of like vin for a lot of his career before vin caved late and went to television but um anyway we digress larry anderson 47 philly and he's really the only philadelphia philly um there is a sixer that i wrote down and only because i loved his name tiago splitter you ever heard of that name yeah and and oh okay it, isn't he Brazilian or something like that? Good on you if you know that. I'll look him up now while you start your forty sevens in sports. But I saw that name and I went, "Who?" And, and it was just a, such a cool name that I, I stayed with it.
1: Yeah, I think he's Brazilian or, or something. Brazilian. Like that. Yep. You
0: and got this, it, Chub. How,
1: how is the name Splitter Brazilian? Like, what? Ha- Some gringo went down there and met a local <laughs> gal and <laughs>
0: became.
1: Twitter like what the (laughs) hell uh Uh, another lefty by the way number 47 for the Atlanta Braves Tom Glavin
0: was he 47
1: yes he was oh that's
0: a major major name good pull
1: Tom Glavin and you know the 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 Braves you could go on and on about the Braves pitching staff of the uh early to mid 90s and we got it we got to try to get Justin Myers back on one of these times because he is a uh, Atlanta Brave fan and just historical treasure chest of of player facts and numbers and whatnot. But, you know, for a while, the Braves had obviously Gly- uh, Tom Glavin, Steve Avery.
0: Wow, you went with Avery second, huh? Good on you.
1: <laughs> um,
0: Greg Maddox.
1: Greg Maddox, and all of a sudden my mind's blanking about that stud that they moved to the bullpen later in his career. Um,
0: John Smoltz.
1: Smoltzy, yes, of course. How could I forget that? And then they had Mark Wollers as their uh, as their save guy back in the day. So, I mean, it was just stable of horses. I can't believe they only won. one
0: what? 95.
1: <laughs> That's the only World Series the Braves have ever won.
0: I, I'm almost – well, no, they just won one recently. What? Not last year but the year before that. But um, during that 90s run, I've looked that up many times and I'm confirming right now, but they only won that one in 95. So they have four altogether. And two as the Atlanta Braves, one as the Milwaukee Braves, and one as the Boston Braves. So, yeah, just two. And I want to say it was, uh, here you go, so 2021 and 1995, yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just they, really good Yankee teams, um, good Blue Jays teams, good Pirate teams, maybe even some Phillies teams in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, l- l- let me just, let me give you this quick roll, just, we're way off topic here, but 1991 lost the World Series next year lost the world series next year lost the nlcs to your philadelphia phillies Mm -hmm. the next year strike the next year won the world series lost the world series lost in the nlcs lost in the nlcs lost world series lost in the ds lost in the ds lost in the cs lost in the ds lost in the ds i mean they were from from 1991 through 2005 they were in the playoffs every year except for the strike-shortened season and you know damn near went to the world series or the championship series every year um so they had quite a run there and you're right it's it's the the big news is that they only won one through that through that stretch
1: wow i yeah. we can't we can't say the um Buffalo Bills of the major leagues because they got one, but that's a lot of appearances in only one ring.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a good 47. I didn't realize Glavin wore 47. He was certainly worthy of the podcast. You got anything else?
1: NFL Hall of Famer, Pittsburgh Steeler, Mel Blunt.
0: I saw that. And clearly he's the best Steeler that's ever worn 47. I, I didn't know if he was worthy, but go ahead and change my mind.
1: Well, I mean, the fact that he's in the NFL Hall of Fame, I feel... <laughs> Do I have to argue that? But uh, let's find some stats on... I mean,
0: there's a couple of Hall of Fame guys from the way, way back that that don't necessarily pique our interest. Isn't that true, Shoot?
1: <laughs> Curly Joe McFadden! Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That reminds me of that Shane Gillis episode. But you said you didn't like it when he was talking about the Jackie Robinson. Do you remember that co- that comedy sketch when when uh, Shane Gillis is talking about how like old fat white guys used to be cool in the MLB, and then the Jackie Robinson destroyed all that?
0: <laughs> yes, I do remember that. That was a good bit.
1: So Mel Blunt is a uh, former cornerback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, famous for wearing the cowboy hat. Oh, okay. I, I think he's from Texas or something like that. Um six three two ten. So that's a big corner in today's NFL. Uh career fifty seven interceptions.
0: Oh wow. That's certainly worthy.
1: That's a lot of picks. Five time Pro Bowler, two time all pro, four time Super Bowl champion. Bill, Colin- right there. Hall of Fame awesome. of the all 1980s team, 1975 AP Defensive Player of the Year, 1975 UPI Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know what UPI is, but I mean, clearly this dude was was tearing it up. So he played for the Steelers from 1970 to 1983. Listen to this. In 1975, when he won Defensive Player of the Year, he had 11 interceptions. That's
0: a lot. That's a lot, and it's worthy. I stand corrected. In 14 games. Yeah. That's – that's that's what's his name? Brand or Bland from the Cowboys kind of numbers.
1: That's unreal what that guy's – I mean, just talk about being at the right place at the right time.
0: All right. Good one. I like Glavin better, but I did see – melt blunt uh i think it's i think he's worthy you've changed my mind did you have any other 47s
1: uh well now you got me shy on whether or not it's pod worthy
0: i, I know i called you out for sure i didn't mean to necessarily put you on the spot and but i mean do do, do you think you can admit that there was like a teensy bit of Steeler favoritism in that in that entry
1: all right, would you have preferred I went number 47 Hall of Famer John Lynch?
0: I mean, for me, that's a bigger name. But, of course, that could just be because of the time I watched that dude play.
1: Uh, Yeah, and that Tampa defense that won it in, like, 2 that's a nasty defense, too. Um, Against,
0: against you, uh John got- Gruden's Oakland Raiders, which essentially were – it was John Gruden's Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing against John Gruden's Oakland Raiders.
1: Yeah, that was that was kind of that was kind of sad the way that worked out. I kind of felt bad for the Raiders on that.
0: Well, that Tampa team that went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl was the team that dealt Philadelphia Eagles fans you know our maybe worst ever loss of all time certainly in everybody's top 10 and most people's top five um it was the last game at the vet we've talked about it before remember when we did worst losses episode that was up there
1: interesting yeah well i mean does it help when you lose in the playoffs and then the team that beats you wins the chip, like, do you say, all right, you know,
0: "Eh," or no, except for the fact that that was our super bowl to win. We were a better team than that Tampa team. We just didn't show it on that day. I know that they've sort of gotten this lore, you know, Warren Sapp and Lynch and work done, I think was on that squad too. But I think it was Brad Johnson, Throwing yeah. the ball, yeah, and I mean we had uh, we didn't have T.O. yet, but Donnie Mack and Deuce Staley and uh, we we were a better team, and we and we proved it because we went to four more NFC championships right after that year, and they fizzled. Um, it was just our Super Bowl to win. We would have we would have waxed Oakland that year, and they just came up short on the last day on the last during the last game ever played at the vet. Anyway, go ahead. Keep moving on. Well,
1: first of all, John Lynch and Mel Blunt we're looking at a corner versus a strong safety. So Lynch, also a big defensive back, six two, two twenty, and anyone knows about John Lynch knows he liked the contact. I mean that guy could bring the hammer. Yep. Um played fifteen years. Uh So he won Super Bowls with both Tampa and Denver. He had four years in Denver at the end of his career. Interceptions nowhere near blunt. Um, Only had four sacks as his high in his career, but lots of tackles. In one year. Yeah,
0: he was was known for blowing people up across the middle and maybe shooting a gap and hitting a running back right at the line of scrimmage and knocking them back three or four yards. I mean...
1: but no defensive player of the year. So wow. I don't think that might give the nod to Blunt.
0: He always reminded me of a boxer. Lynch, Lynch's face was just square and round and hard or square and round. It was square and hard. I didn't necessarily mean to say round. He just looked like a boxer, you know, and he was obviously a football player. He just was a hard, mean dude. I like John Lynch a lot.
1: No question. In 15 years at that position says a lot. I lied, though. He yeah. only won the Super Bowl, so he did not get one in Denver. So um, I don't know. We're, we're spending a lot of time on these 47s. Do you have any more?
0: No, I'm done. We can move on to T-Dish. and We should hustle it up because, yeah, you're we're right. We're over 30 minutes. We're not even through T-Dish. How about 1960? Today, T-Dish, Richard Dent was born. Now, here's what I, I wasn't really going to bring this up, Shoop. Except for the fact that on my research on the website, it said Philadelphia Eagle Richard Dent was born, T-Dish, 1960. And I went, what the fuck? And I looked it up. He played his whole career with the Bears, of course, as we all know him from the Bears. And then, like, at the end of his career, played, like, eight games for the Eagles. And so this website has him as an eagle. It was totally fraudulent, Frugazi. And I'm like, what are they having that for? So, But I thought I'd throw him in there. Richard Dent, part of that vaulted and vaunted 1985 Bears defense.
1: Well, let me ask you this, because I I feel like the answer is most likely yes. But is that when Buddy Ryan was the head coach of the Eagles?
0: No, that was 1997, I, I want to say. It was way late in his career. He was way past his prime. And he played with the Eagles, and I don't even remember that. Of course, '97 was a really down year, so I don't remember much. But yeah, it was '97. He played. He did start. He he played in all. He played in 15 out of the 16 games. He didn't start in any of them. He had 13 combo tackles, 10 solo tackles, but he did have four and a half sacks for the Eagles in 1997. I would have never guessed that. Anyway, we can move on.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Shout out Richard Dent. Richard Dent.
0: Uh, Who else you got?
1: All right, December 13th, 2015. Conor McGregor knocks out Brazilian Jose Aldo in 13 seconds to win his first featherweight title in the UFC. I remember that fight. I remember where I was and when I saw it. And if you are familiar, you'll know that Aldo came out. Conor kind of backed up hit him with a left dropped him like a sack of shit. And that was it.
0: I re- also remember watching that fight and I'm glad you brought this up. I had it down in my notes, but I, I wanted to say, I'll just throw it to Shoop Cause I'm sure he remembered that. And that was really McGregor coming out party. Wasn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because at that time he, he was exciting, obviously. Um, he was fast. He talked a lot of shit. He was about it, but Aldo was a beast. Yeah. And then, so to see Connor drop Aldo with one shot, it's like, okay, wow. Now we got to take this guy serious. And and I, shout out Connor. I like Connor. He's always fun to watch. Connor fights his ass off.
0: Yeah, and that was a classic. This is a, a really classic theme in UFC where you have striker first grappler right aldo brazilian huge jujitsu background and everybody was talking about that if aldo can just get mcgregor to the ground most likely he'd be able to either ground and pound him or put him in some sort of submission slash chokehold and you know that's that's always the challenge with grapplers is the fight starts on the feet so you got to get the especially strikers down without taking a hit and he took a hit and it was a it it had a lot of meat to it and he went and the fight was over
1: oh yeah i mean full exposure the jaw connor is a lefty as it is and just sent him to as they used to say back in 80s boxing terms sent him to queer street
0: (laughs) (laughs) we don't say that anymore do we shoot
1: uh i mean in very rare occasions
0: uh, uh, Also Also tea dish 2015 Same day did you see anything else On that exact same day same year same Everything
1: You're saying Tea dish that same exact Day
0: I'll just I'll just give it To okay. you Ear- earlier that day King Henry Derek Henry won okay. the Heisman Yeah Yeah. You got another tea dish
1: uh, we should we should try to uh, get a list of Alabama running backs that have won the Heisman Trophy. Um, Derek actually started looking like Derek last week, Monday night. Did you see? What a crazy Monday night. I didn't like two games on at the same time. I like it when they do a double feature, when they stagger it. Um, at least, like, you know what I mean, kickoff of the second game at halftime of the first or something so when one game ends you can enjoy the ending of another one. Because both these games were somewhat thrilling and the dogs won on both. But Derek, you know, he had two TDs Monday and it's it's impressive to see that man when he gets about four or five steps and gets the trailer unhitched. He can move, man.
0: When he's going downhill, it's going to be tough to get in front of that dude. Um, I actually did not see Either ending I was watching a lot of the games uh, But I had some family stuff pop up So I had to take care of that But um, I lost money on both of those games I had the Giants uh, Winning but I had the under And it went over And I had the Dolphins and the over No Yeah I had the Giants And the I forget what the hell I had the Giants and the under and the Dolphins and the over, right. And so the Dolphins, the Dolphins side of that loss because, of course, they gave up. And so when I saw that they scored that touchdown that actually covered, it it was 27-13, I want to say. I said, oh, sweet, that's going to be a Or And then the Titans came and made it 27-20. I said, sweet, that covers the spread. There's no way they score again. And then they fucking scored again and won the game. So I would have hit. Anyhow. Nobody cares about your bad beats. Uh, T-Dish 1988, Ricky Fowler's born. Maybe the best golfer that we've seen yet to win a major. I know we're not big golf, but I wanted to throw that out there. And then 2018 T-Dish, Dirk Nowitzki. For some reason, December 13th was the reason this was up, but it, it, it he steps on the court to make it 21 seasons with the same team which uh, apparently passed Kobe Bryant's record at 20 seasons with the Lakers. So I don't know why December 13, uh, you know, was the determining date for him being 21 seasons, but there it is. And then T-Dish last year, Shoop, Alex Ovechkin scores 800th goal in the NHL, becoming only the, I think, third guy that has 800. The goals in the nhl he's a hell of a player that i think especially just on the fringe outside of hockey people is largely under underappreciated and underrated
1: yeah the grade eight i love that dude there's a there's a story about ov that i love it's like he was playing in some league in russia or something like that have you heard this story
0: I think you told it on the pod, but go ahead, finish it out. About the coin? Did I tell this one? I think so.
1: Well, anyways, I'll tell it again. So apparently and, and I don't know the specifics, but I know the gist. They're playing a team and it and that this team like has a special coin that they've frozen under the ice and it's like their good luck charm. And Obechkin beats them on their ice and takes his skate off and chips the ice to where he can steal their coin and like taped it up on the wall in their locker room. something just that's hilarious to me that's very barbaric and i love it
0: yeah he's a he's a hell of a scorer i think he's um i might have this in my trivia but i think he's the number one um power play goal scorer in the nhl of all time so i mean and he's uh, – well, well, we'll talk about stats a little bit more if we which, get there. But
1: That's, that's one stat. I want to say that it, the NHL scoring percentage on power plays is like less than 20%, which to me is just crazy. Like it just shows how good those damn players are. Yeah. Um. But Ovechkin is – and correct me if I'm wrong. Is he one of the more like – physically larger goal scorers in the NHL like I feel like a lot of the you know Gretzky I don't think was a big guy Patrick Kane's not a big guy this new guy Bedard's not a big guy like I feel like a lot of the goal scorers are you know smaller speed guys but Obi's 6'3 235 which means on the ice you're looking at 6'6 250 I mean that's a that's a tight end that's a linebacker that's a big man
0: I agree with everything you're saying, and he still puts up crazy goals. He has touch. I mean, really, is it, a lot of his goals are are uh, one-timers from the from the from his little left slot there, especially on the power play. He's got 300 power play goals. He's the only person in NHL history with 300. Uh, so that right there is a a feat in and of itself. Uh, yeah, he's a beast. He's a monster. He's a he's absolutely a quintessential power forward in the NHL. Yeah. He's taken what Eric Lindros brought into the NHL and, and multiplied it by, you know, a hundred crazy. I do have
1: one. He dish and you know, I'm surprised that I don't know more about this and hear more about this in terms of curses. You know, you've heard about something to do with the Chicago Cubs and a goat. You've heard about the curse of the Bambino, uh, there's other sports, hexes and curses. But listen to this with the Brooklyn Dodgers. In 1956, after all that happened with Jackie Robinson, in 1956, they att- attempt to trade Jackie to the Giants for Dick Littlefield.
0: Mm. Thank- thankfully, it went Littlefield.
1: And thirty-five grand, And Jackie Robinson said, no thanks, I'll retire. So I don't know any 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 uh, any shit the Dodgers deal with from this day on. I'm going to be like, yeah, it's because of the 56 curse. They tried to trade Jackie Robinson for thirty five K and a little dick. That's never a good deal.
0: That was dick. well prepared. Thank you. Shoot.
1: Um, and by hey, the way, I'm yeah. not a, I am don't I don't love that the Dodgers went out and purchased Otani. That just ugh, it felt dirty to me. I don't like it. I don't know. It just, it felt very, it felt very Yankee-ish, which I'm not a fan of.
0: Well, we'll see if it pays off. I did some math on this. I love doing this, and this time I decided to do after taxes. Okay, so I took forty percent of his salary away, and <laughs> Otani still, are you ready for this shoot? Yeah. Every game he plays, for the next ten years, every. Game he plays, he'll make after taxes now $230,000 per Man. game.
1: Whether he's in the lineup or not.
0: Whether he's in the lineup or not, after taxes. Oh. <laughs> Does that make you feel worse about yourself or? Yeah. Two hundred and thirty thousand a game.
1: Let's break that down per inning now. And oh. just, if I could have three innings of Otani's one game fucking salary, I would be a little more relaxed.
0: Uh, uh I'm I'm scrambling here to get it because I don't want to use my phone, but uh, it's not going to work. Uh, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money per inning. It's a lot of money per at bat. It's insane. And I just.
1: But let's, it. let's, let's be okay. Let's be, um,
0: teach your kids to pitch and hit.
1: Right. But I think also what's important here to look at is what is he bringing to the organization? Right? Like how many tickets are being purchased per game to come see, uh, Otani? how many jerseys are being, you know what I mean? Like, and obviously, Massive. Th- that's what teams do when they assign this number. Obviously, they're going to say, we're not going to lose on this deal. He's going to bring in a shitload of dough. The endorsements are going to be through the roof. On and on and on and on. So, and if he doesn't, if, there's always clauses, right? If he sucks and he blows out his elbow and he's shit, he'll be gone in three years.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look at, I didn't look at, what the guaranteed money was and what kind of clauses and stuff are into that. <laughs> What's crazy, He's he, he, go ahead.
1: Well, you know, how it talks about uh, the great Bobby Bonilla contract. Oof. I saw recently in relation to that and something to do with Otani's contract. And also apparently the Cincinnati reds are still paying Ken Griffey jr. Like 3 million a year. And I don't know why that, it just, I don't know, these, these, um some guys have better agents than others. Let's just say that. Because well, yeah, keep- and
0: the team's getting into these contracts and, you know, they have these huge numbers and maybe they start having trouble, not necessarily trouble, but they don't want the cap hit or well, there's no cap in baseball, but the tax hit. And so they defer these payments. And I think the players are saying, fine, you know, you owe me. Uh, eighty million, but I'll take two million for the for the next forty years, right? And or whatever it is. Um, but right, also, I'm- real quick, Otani not pitching next year, so he's just a batter and most likely a DH for most of the year next year. It's an awful lot of money.
1: Yeah, and Dodger Stadium is not a short porch by any means, and the ball. Right. Is- Doesn't carry well at night. But then again, Otani also does hit the ball 500 feet. So
0: (laughs) no stadium in the world holds it. Right.
1: I don't know. It'll be interesting though, because I don't know if pitching is traditionally better in the NL versus the AL. Maybe not. Maybe it's a wash, but you would, you would think that that's going to be a change moving to the NL. Um, well, traditionally
0: know. they say that the strike zone's a little short, a little smaller in the National League.
1: I'm just going to tell you this right now: over under, Otani home runs next year. I set the number at 42 and a half. I'll take the under.
0: All right, I love it. We'll have to delve into that closer <laughs> as we get into spring and uh, and and start spring training and all that fun stuff. We'll look, back we'll we'll circle back. That's all so, I got for T dish.
1: Yeah, I'm out.
0: Um, NFL week 14 let's start off uh, uh, let's put a pause we talked about the Eagles a little bit does Patty Mahomes have a beef shoop I'm I'm pretty opinionated on this on this one
1: you know the guy that I'm surprised that we didn't hear a lot of shit talking about this topic is uh, Chris Jones because if you recall an AFC title game in Kansas City Chris Jones is lined up and uh Brady throws a pick, and the Chiefs are going to beat the Patriots and go to the Super Bowl, and there's a late flag, and they said number 95 lined up in the neutral zone. And it was one of those bullshit calls where, like, okay, yeah, his helmet was just barely in the neutral zone, but he was lined up on the opposite side of the play. He may have hurried Brady, but he didn't pressure him. He didn't hit him. Essentially, him being offsides had nothing to do with the outcome of the play. I do see that similarity with the Tony situation. I don't know if he knew the ball was coming to him. I think that might have been improvised by Kelsey. Um, But the fact that he lined up a centimeter off had nothing to do with the outcome. And I don't like that the referees, if they see it, they need to blow that shit dead and penalize them before the play even starts.
0: Okay, this is good because I I I I'm pretty much on the complete opposite end of your opinions here.
1: Hey, you're entitled to that, so let me hear what you have to say.
0: Yep, and I'm not sure if you've completely saw the the line. If you're going to use the word centimeters, then I don't think you saw where he was standing. So let's come. Why don't you come clean? I'm calling you out on the red carpet here. Did you see a still or a video of of where Tony lined up?
1: Yeah, I did because they reviewed it and saw that he was doing the same thing like four times throughout the game.
0: Dude, you can't use centimeters. Not only was his cleats egregiously fully in the neutral zone, his head was past the neutral zone. His head was in the defensive side of the neutral zone. He was egregiously offsides. Now, here, now, now let me. That's just one small snippet. I think Patty Mahomes should eat a dick, and I'll tell <laughs> you why. Number one, the rep, okay. So I, I will say that Mahomes' beef was you can't call that in that spot late in the game. A kind of a silly lineup. Um, you know, a penalty on the, on the on the formation. It's so wrong. Okay, first of all, the referee sees the guy lined up. Now, what Patty's saying is a lot of times they'll say, hey, back up, back up, back up. The referee, the referees and the linesmen in particular will sometimes tell a player if he's close to the neutral zone to back up. This linesman was quoted in saying, He was so egregiously over the line that I didn't feel the need to tell him he was lined up all sides. That's just a penalty. It's a violation. He clearly was looking down the line at the ball, and he was so far in the neutral zone and over the neutral zone that the referee decided to not warn him pre-snap. Now, the snap happens, and the ref throws the flag immediately. He doesn't know that the – play is going to, Kelsey's going to catch the ball and then lateral it to Tony and go in for a touchdown. They, the referee didn't watch the play and then go, oh shit, that guy was off sides and then throw the flag. Patty Mahomes, shut up. You got a, you got a gift of a call in the Super Bowl six months ago, whatever it is, nine months ago, that essentially allowed you to kill the clock out and beat my Eagles and never give us a chance to come back and score. That was a that was as ticky-tack. It, it may be more because, really, Tony lining up in the neutral zone before the play is a clear black-and-white violation. The guy, you can't line up in the neutral zone. Like, I'm sorry, you can't line up in the neutral zone. The ticky-tack call, defensive holding... In the Super Bowl, what is a gray area? Did he hold him? Did he tug him? There's tugging on every goddamn play. This was clearly a penalty. The ref did not wait till the end of the end of the play. He threw the flag right away. Like, shut up, Pat. Have your butt. Clearly, Patty Mahomes had beef. Or he had he had emotion and he had and he was and he was worked up. But he for me he should take it all out on Kadarius Tony. And I think because Tony's dropped so many balls and because MVS has dropped so many balls, he's got this pent up anger where he can't just bitch and call out his teammates. You you can't say catch the fucking ball MVS or line up correctly Tony. So he channeled all that anger to the referees. And I feel like it's Fugazi, and he needs to go back in the locker room, maybe behind closed doors, and let it out on his teammates. And maybe they'll start playing better rather than the referee who's doing his job and had no idea that the play was going to happen.
1: Well said. And I like that you support your opinions with facts and. Uh... Well, that doesn't make sense. I like that you support your statement with what you think are, are facts, strong opinions. It is a fact that he was lined up offsides. I was looking at some still shots via Google images through your uh, explanation. Yeah. And I will tell you, there are some that look a little more egregious than others, but at the end of the day, was he offsides? Yes, he was. I just, I don't like, I, I don't like what the referee said. Like, if he's offside, throw the flag, blow it dead. Why would you let that play happen?
0: Well, well that's not his job. The 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 penalty isn't a pre-snap blow the blow the play dead penalty. It's not a false start. It's not illegal motion. Or actually illegal motion doesn't blow the play dead either. This is 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 very similar to a defensive player lined up in a neutral zone and you don't call the play dead you just it's a it's an infraction i I understand if you're bitching have bitch to the nfl that he that you know they should blow it dead before the fucking snap happens they really should
1: i mean you can't tell you care about player safety and if you see an opportunity to blow a, a play dead that has like the only outcome that could be positive is if they don't the defensive Uh, comes up with a fumble or a pick six of something or something of that nature. And they could say uh, offsides on the offense, that penalty's declined the result of the play touchdown. Otherwise you let the offense go out score a touchdown, call it back for what? If a guy gets hurt on a play that was nullified and you had the opportunity to call it dead. I think you got to call it dead. It's just, I don't like it. You, You don't, you don't let, uh, you don't let a 100-meter dash in the fucking Olympics happen if a guy's head's over the line and say, actually, before, I saw you were over, but I just want to see if you were going to adjust yourself. You don't get the gold medal. I'm sorry. This asshole does from fucking Czechoslovakia or whatever.
0: <laughs> you and your tangents. We'll agree to disagree. I think Pat Mahomes...
1: Mahomes should eat a dick.
0: Yeah, I believe it, and I stand behind it. I and more more than anything I say, if I'm sitting here with Pat Mahomes I would say Pat you're clearly frustrated at the way things are going this season and I thought it was little of you to use the refs as a scapegoat when you're really pissed off at your receivers, your coaches, whoever it may be, your wife, your your you know who you cannot in good football conscience blame the ref for doing his job when that dude was so egregiously offsides, And once again, Pat, he did not wait and see what happened during the play. And then, went, ah, hang on a second. He was out of bounds. He threw that flag on the snap because the guy was lined up offsides. End of story. Eat it, Dick, Pat.
1: Eat it. Hey, I'll tell you, I, I said to you earlier today, I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl. However, I would bet the field... And not Kansas City. How do you feel about that?
0: Well, you're not going to bet me that because I'm all over the field.
1: Yeah, you take field versus KC.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. They're 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 leaking oil. Yeah, yeah.
1: And how funny all is right. it? We didn't know who the fuck Kadarius Tony was a few years ago, and he was with the G-men. Now he comes over to the Chiefs, and everybody knows who he is. Primarily for this shit, but. He has been okay for Kansas City.
0: Well, he 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 had a. I think he had two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Oh, did he? At least one. I'm gonna. I, I would bet the farm on one for sure. and I thought he might have had two.
1: Betting the farm. Well, why don't you do some research and I will talk about a game that really pissed me off from the NFL last week.
0: Go ahead, Steelers. <sighs> But,
1: yeah, obviously the Steelers. The Steelers suck. You can't fire your fucking O coordinator and then average 13 points a game for five weeks in a row or something terrible. Now, uh, Pickett's beat up, and they got to roll with Trubisky. I don't know. I mean, you know, we talked about the Eagles earlier in the year winning games, and it's like, who cares it's a win because this is where you need them late in the season, and I'll say the same thing with Pittsburgh. They're seven and six. They're still alive and well uh, in the AFC Wild Card picture. They're not going to win the division that I projected. I projected they'd be ten and seven and win the division, but Baltimore turned out to be um, the clear favorite. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm putting maybe I'm putting my foot in my mouth. The Browns are not dead either with their newfangled Joe fucking Flacco.
0: And their defense is tough.
1: Yeah, the Browns are eight and five, so I'll have to look at the schedule and see what's uh, down the stretch between the Browns and um, and the uh, Baltimore Ravens. But the game that really chapped my ass—here we go—is the Detroit Lions losing twenty-eight to thirteen to the Chicago Bears. Now Tell the t- I asked for a personal reason, which <laughs> you know about. It has something to do with DraftKings and a parlay bet, which I had seventy five percent accurate, and then the Lions took a big ol' shit.
0: That's two weeks in a row where you put in a multi multiple leg parlay in real life units and won all of them except for one.
1: Yeah, and I don't know what that says about me, other than maybe I shouldn't bet parlays.
0: You got an itchy leg? What's going on down there?
1: I had an itchy leg, yeah. <laughs> I had an itchy leg. The left, the left shin was a little itchy. All right. But but what really bothers me is the fact that we're sitting here, you know, preseason anointing the Lions that they're going to win the NFC North. Jared Goff is a better quarterback than we thought. Dan Campbell's a great coach, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't go to fucking Chicago and lose to the five and eight Bears and now expect us to take you serious. Um, Detroit is eliminated from my Super Bowl conversation.
0: Okay. Is that all you got, bud?
1: That's, That's good. Like. It's a lot. What'd you find?
0: Uh No, I was just looking at their record. I mean, um, you know, it happens every year in the NFL where a team is playing well and then they have a down middle of the road and they sort of get discarded only to get hot and play really well late in the season. I'm hoping that this year it's my Philadelphia Eagles, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Lions right that ship and start playing better football down the stretch here. You know, for some reason, shoot, what is it about the NFL and divisional games? And we've we say it all the time. People say it all the time. You've got a four and eight Bear squad who essentially looked dead in the water, and a nine and three Detroit team at home. And or wait, was it in Chicago?
1: It was in Chicago. Yeah,
0: sorry. Um, that right, the home dog, right? Um, and you know, not only do they keep it close, but they outright them. It's just these divisional games. These teams know each other. The coaching staffs know each other. It's just crazy. And that's for me, it's why this product of the NFL is so good. It it's, it's what team goes out and executes in the ultimate team game, which for me is football.
1: Well, one more thing to add in that Chicago game, being that the Bears have two first-round picks, high – first round picks. I think it might even be one and
0: two. Yeah, they're hurting himself.
1: I hope they keep Justin Fields. If they want to win, they need to be right with those picks and bring him help. I don't think there's anyone in the draft, although it is a heavy QB class. Yeah. I, really, I really don't think there's anything out there better than what you already have.
0: So quick GM, Your Bears, would you focus on offensive linemen for protection or weapons on the outside? I don't like
1: high draft picks going for linemen. I think you've got to find somebody special and skilled in those high picks. I'm sorry. Mm. I think the linemen can be – I mean, can you tell me a lineman that's gone first or second overall?
0: Okay, maybe not that high, but – uh, because that spots usually, you know, for a game changing quarterback, but, and then I've seen, I, th- there's been some defensive line guys that have gone that high. So you're right. It's not the sexy pick, but dude, if you don't have time to throw the ball or to allow your, your speedster to get down the field, what good is it?
1: You're right. I understand that, but there's a combination of things, you know, uh, you can be creative and move guys out of the pocket and whatnot. To answer your question directly, I thought about it. And what I would do if I'm the GM of the Chicago Bears is I trade those picks and I try to get more picks and I fucking double down on fields and I bring him everything he needs. That's what I do. There you
0: go. I love it. You would definitely get a nice haul for those high picks. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Because I know Carolina wants a fucking refund. Uh,
0: So just one more since we're in the NFL, before we move on the Eagles coming out here to Seattle, we should address that. So we've already talked about the Eagles getting their asses kicked two two weeks in a row. Um, I'm not panicking. I think it's a good for them to smell themselves a little bit and right the ship. I think uh, I think it's a good, you know, they've got four games left. It's a good um, kind of a reset with four weeks to go before the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs I feel like um, it's time to go now. And I think the players realize that, Hey, that was the end of a really tough stretch, Dallas Niners, chiefs, bills, Dallas, like really, really tough stretch. Um, And I don't think it becomes that much easier to come out here and play the, play the Seahawks on Monday night. Um, The Eagles traveling out here has not been kind the last 10 years, uh, Pete Carroll seems to have the Eagles number. Obviously, it's a different team. It is every year, but they continue to to whoop up on the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles get a win, but I, I think it's a bit of a sweat. So it is happening on Monday night. This is an eagles slash seattle slash your squad's uh, podcast so we should spend a few minutes on talking about it maybe breaking this game down shoot it has been flexed it used to be scheduled for sunday 125 they flexed it now till monday night i will be there um, now's a good time to talk about saturday we're going to have a bonus podcast from the eagles party that last call the bar last call is hosting um, they're down on Leary Avenue in Seattle or Fremont to be more specific. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I've got a couple ideas for the podcast. Hopefully you can join me shoot, but if not, we'll definitely be taken care of down there. Um, so lots of fun things are happening with this Eagle Seahawks game. Um, but in terms of X's and O's on Monday night, like I th- I still think the Eagles are going to struggle in the secondary. I haven't seen anything to the contrary. So DK Metcalf going to be a problem. Tyler Lockett's going to be a problem. I don't know who's starting for the Seahawks. They've had uh, Drew Lock played last week because of Geno's groin, and groins can be lingering. Uh, but regardless of who plays, Drew Lock got the ball down the field last week. I, I see a major sweat for the Eagles, and obviously I'm hoping for a win Um, but I, I, there's, there's, there's no easy win out here in Seattle on Monday night.
1: Uh, not even close to an easy win. This is essentially a home playoff game for the Seattle Seahawks that they need to win to stay in that playoff picture, because that is still very much up for grabs. Uh, if you look in the NFC right now, the seven seed are the green Bay Packers at six and seven so the Seahawks uh, can even their record at seven and seven and depending on what happens with the Rams and the Packers this next week uh the Vikings as well um you know they're still competing for for a playoff for a playoff spot which you know they will fight for all year and then their schedule they've got two home two away down the stretch so you know when they look at their schedule you, you know you got to protect the house so, um, not a lot to lose for Philadelphia. I know you don't want to lose three in a row, but if something were to happen, they're padded well at five to where nothing would change. Um, in fact, they could even potentially hold serve in the division if, uh, if Dallas, yeah, Dallas got Buffalo. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, um,
0: well, I yeah, think more I, than a win or a loss Shoop. I think Eagles fans are really Yearning and looking to see the Eagles play better football, especially on the offensive side of the board. I don't think we have much expectation on the defensive side. I feel like Eagles fans have reserved to just hopefully we win the game thirty-three to twenty-seven. Um, but we need to see the offense. I mean, the talk in the, the talk of the town is there's very little creativity. There's high predictability factor for the Eagles and they need to switch it up. I mean, they've got the, the tools. We've talked about this for months now where I, I broke down the Eagles roster and said, it's the greatest Eagles roster of my lifetime. They need to use Swift out of the backfield more and hand the ball off to them. I I also, I, I don't love the zone runs as much as the old traditional, Runs. I think giving Swift, you know, some a couple of steps downhill to get to the line of scrimmage is better off too. But also I feel like that I mean now you're talking about changing their whole offense, but I I, I need to change the whole offense. They have not been playing well for weeks now. Um so I, I would really like to see, yes, run the ball a little bit more, but I would love to see more play action and then using Swift out of the backfield we've got these huge guys and burners on the outside and even goddard can stretch the defense why are they not matching swift up with a team's essentially what second or third best running back and 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 running some wheel routes or some you know crossing patterns underneath with swift get him open underneath Jalen can make those throws. We need to see some more creativity in this Eagles offense, and they need to play better.
1: Yeah, heavy utilization of the running back and the passing game protects your quarterback and essentially opens up things for down the field. And you got burners down there. So I hear exactly.
0: and that, exactly, and that's what I'm. You know, if you start using Swift more out of the backfield, then those safeties are pinching down a little bit more, and you open all kinds of things up. You open up uh, deep shots on both sides, and yeah, we'll see. I mean, and Devontae's been uh, playing a lot of this. Uh, well, uh, the whole t- I, the whole team needs to. Uh, you know, a lot, uh, what does this? maybe breaking it down a little too much here, but is it play calling by, by Brian Johnson or is it Jalen hearing the call, breaking the huddle, getting to the line, reading the defense and then, and then checking out into something safe. Right. So we we just don't know about that, but I I don't know. I I think Jalen's got more confidence than people are giving them in terms of checking out of plays all the time, but we need to see the Eagles play better. I'll, 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 I'll cut it off here.
1: Yeah. Again, you don't want to go three in a row, even though, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting spot to be in, right? You don't want to drop three in a row because that's never good. No, but if for whatever reason it happens, whether it's poor play, whether it's bad play calling, you're still in a good spot, but I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Um, it must be nice to, uh, ha- to to at least have the option to score 20-plus a game. I, I don't even know what to say about my fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, I just think <laughs> whenever you're in a rut like that, you got to go wildcat, baby.
0: And even the Vikings, while they got a win, what an exciting 3-0 game that was. <laughs> All right, let's move. Let's move on. So I don't think we've talked about anything. We've already shuffled the deck, Shoop. We've checked out our hole cards. We've had our flop. It's time for the turn. It's trivia and worse bets. Let's start with worse bets. I I am leaking oil like crazy. I had minus 250 pod units last week. You had a positive, but just barely 25 bucks essentially. Um, so you're doing a lot better. The update is ak had another win he bet on the cowboys uh, which i did in real life too but not pod units um, has 635 pod units so ak you're a genius you are an absolute gambling genius and you need to lay lay down your knowledge with us more often give us some more winners ak i'm calling you out shoop dog your second you got 196 so just under 200 units and I'm dead last. I'm I'm way in the minus now, with minus 155 units. Uh, just before we started uh, recording, Brian Jones sent me a couple of pod unit bets. I think for Premier League, although I didn't quite look them over. So I'm going to start us off. I'm going to switch it up, shoot. I heaven knows I need to switch something up. I'm going to take NBA tonight. I'm going to go Homer. I'm going to go Joel over 33 and a half tonight, and I'll tell you why. He is playing out of his mind. He scored 30 points the other night, and he didn't play a second in the fourth quarter. Um, and I feel like this game is going to be more of a uh, a sweat, so to speak. They blew out the Wizards the other night, so he had 30 and th- through three quarters, and they just sat him, and they won by 40-some points. Um, so I think Joe stays on the court all four quarters. I think he puts up high 30s, maybe even 40. So I'm going to go Joel over 33 and a half tonight against Detroit for 200 units. It's even money, it's plus 100. And I'm also going to do a homer parlay. I'm going to parlay the Sixers money line, but I'm going to go under 233. So I'm sort of betting against myself a little bit there with a high point total from Embiid, but a low total and uh point total but i still i feel like joel is such a major part of the um sixers offense that that can that can hit very easily him having a huge percentage of the sixers points uh, i'm going to do 50 units on that that's plus 115 and then one nfl i'm going to do a 3 legger parlay i'm going to take a book a page out of your book Shoup, and i'm going to go all favorites on Sunday. Now, there are some Saturday games this week, but I skipped over them. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I feel like they're going to get their shit together and play better. And they're, I forget who they're playing, but they're heavily favored. I'm going to take the Niners and I'm going to take Cleveland. When you parlay those three teams together, money line, I get plus 115 on the payout. So I'm going to go 100 units on that. So three bets for me. What do you got, Shoop Dog?
1: Uh, yeah, I like the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Vikings. Their favorite three and a half. I like that.
0: Money line or points? Points. Okay.
1: And thank you for my thank you for reminding me that there's games on Saturday, and I'm noticing I'm not gonna see any of them because I don't have the fucking NFL network.
0: Well I'll be at last call holding holding a podcast anyhow.
1: I'll have to figure out. they'll show the Vikings game local here. Anyways, uh, also, I like the Atlanta Falcons. Hold on.
0: Slow down. Cincy, how many units? Of course. Excuse
1: me. Uh, Give me 100 on that. I'm pretty confident on that. Okay. And I had the Atlanta Falcons to win on the road against the Panthers. Money line. Their favorite three. Yeah, give me money line on that. Give me fifty just in case the Panthers decide to play out of their mind. That shit happens.
0: Atlanta's uh, Atlanta is one of my least favorite teams, but uh, this year I just think they're garbage and their wins are garbage wins. And uh, Desmond Ritter's a bomb. And go ahead. <laughs> um,
1: are they back to Ritter? I thought they had my boy Heineke back to Ritter. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at home, home superdog against the Niners. Just not to win, but thirteen and a half seems like a lot of points. So I will take the Cardinals with fifty units on that.
0: They're playing better football. Kyler Murray's got them in the right direction at least, but I'm not sure yeah. they wanted to win games here towards the end of the season. But okay, are you going to throw them in a parlay or not?
1: Nah? No, nah, I'll just leave it as
0: is. Three separate bets. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, that does it for worst bets. Maybe I'll uh, this week in between now and Saturday. I'll put a uh, update on the gram. Um, shoot, I got some trivia. I had some hockey, but I might pass over that. We'll see if we get to it. Hang
1: on, I you got know, got some, I got new trivia music.
0: Okay, new trivia music. You know, I looked away for a second. Then I, then I brought my gaze back to the, to the camera, and boy, am I upset at myself for diverting my eyes from that terrificness. It's so, I mean, I'm telling no. you, we've got we're hitting on something here with the, the seat dancing by Shub. I think it's a, I think that's going to be a popular thing, especially amongst the lady listeners. <laughs>
1: I like it. See Dancing by Shoop. Let's yeah.
0: do it. Um, you know, we're getting close to Christmas here, Shoop. And I've put off a few Christmas themed stuff for my podcast, but we got ten minutes to go here. So I'm gonna maybe throw some Christmas trivia. I know we did Home Alone last week in the trivia. Yeah. But it was popular, so I'm gonna stick with it. So we all know a Christmas story. The uh, the classic one that's on TNT and TBS over and over and over on Christmas Eve about the BB gun and ho, 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 you'll shoot your eye out, of course. Right? all that stuff. Of course. Okay, so so don't look anything up. Come on. No. A couple of easy ones. What's the main character's name? It's a, piece, it's a, it's a layup. Ralphie. Very good. What's Ralphie's little brother's name? I don't know. Also starts with R. Robert. Remember he, now, remember he was a piggy. He was eating his mashed potatoes. Randy. You got it. I knew that would trigger that because she says, Randy.
1: That's a great name, by the way. Randy. I like it. I
0: love Randy, too.
1: Men and women. It's a good uh Bisexual name or dual gender or whatever, Randy. I yeah, like I don't that.
0: think I don't think bisexual is correct term, but you you I, know a woman named Randy?
1: <laughs> oh boy, do I not anymore.
0: <laughs> was it? A, are you sure it was a, a woman?
1: A hundred percent positive,
0: <laughs> confirmed. Randy, wow! Don't um, you don't like name for a woman? I think it's cute, Randy. I usually do like the sex ambiguous names like Jamie uh Jamie King was smoking hot and she went to James I mean she started as James King um but Randy uh Randy uh, I'm 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 all dude on Randy
1: drop the y add the i R A N D I
0: it's I get tro- you I like Ronnie, too, for a I, girl. I, I like Ronnie. Definitely like Ronnie. Randy is all... Maybe that err is just is masculine. Ooh, ew! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm sensing that you don't love the Christmas story.
1: <laughs> it's fine.
0: Um, do you know the full name of the toy that Randy or Ralphie wants?
1: I think it's a Red Rider. BB gun.
0: You're going to go with that as your answer. Yeah. Have you not seen the movie?
1: I have, but it's been so long. I know. I'm just
0: saying like, it's like a really long name. It's, it's clearly like almost a full sentence or too long. And you're going to go with, I think it's red rider (laughs) BB gun. Like that's all you have for me.
1: That's all I got with that.
0: All right. So, First of all, it's the official Red Rider carbine action, 200 shot range model air rifle. Good God. Dot, dot, dot. With a compass in the stock and this thing that tells time. But I that's mean, not the
1: name of the gun. Those well, are its features.
0: No, but th- throughout the movie, he says it like 25 times.
1: Wow. That's,
0: that's the trivia part of it. And then you come up with Red Rider BB gun. <laughs>
1: So it's a partial it's it's partially correct, is what you're saying.
0: Did you know that Ralphie or Okay, so the real guy's name is Peter Billingsley. Did you know that he's in the movie Elf? I didn't. What Carol Is Elf more your speed?
1: No, I mean, my favorite Christmas movie of all time, if you're asking. Is, well,
0: uh, I'm not asking just yet. Just put okay. a pause on that because very shortly if you if you sat down and your and Corb goes, hey dad, I got two DVDs. I want to watch either elf or Christmas story. Which one you have and them pop in
1: during the Christmas season or yeah, just, tomorrow uh, Christmas story for sure
0: Christmas. Story. Oh, wow, I would have thought elf was more your speed. Um I didn't know. So for our listeners, Ralphie, a.k.a. Peter Billingsley, he's in Elf. He's in the beginning when Buddy is still at the North Pole and he's making toys. My trivia question was, what is Ralphie or Peter Billingsley's character name in the movie Elf? So it was really deep and tough. So if you're listening to the pod, feel free to pause and think about it for a few seconds. But I will give the answer now. His elf name is Ming Ming, M-I-N-G, M-I-N-G. No? All right. One last thing for, um, for uh, trivia. Shout out to did-
1: California, Ming Avenue. That's what that made me think of.
0: Wait, say it again.
1: Uh, Ming is a popular avenue in Bakersfield, California, but I don't huh. know.
0: Whatever. All right, now. To be fair, we may have had this question already. I, I'm I'm bad at remembering, and I'm really bad at um knowing what we've already discussed on this podcast. But do you know who the top three goal scorers of all time is in the NHL?
1: Um, Gretzky, Gordy Howe, Ovechkin.
0: Yeah, very good. Not in that order, but very good. Gretzky, Ovechkin, and Howland. And Ovechkin just passed them last year, so very well done.
1: Nice. Davey D would be proud on that.
0: Exactly. We got to have Davey D back on the pod. Um, that's all I got for that. For my uh, river, I did want to talk about Christmas stuff, okay? Because I, I do enjoy the Christmas season. Do you have I want to talk about favorite Christmas songs, Christmas movies, Christmas traditions that you and your family or maybe some new ones that you're starting this year shoot and I, see if you have any suck outs for the week.
1: I have one. I'd be remiss if I didn't remind us we are up against the clock, but yeah. the greatest Christmas memory that I can think of was growing up going to Uncle Dave and Aunt Debbie's and Dave and all his brothers and cousins and my dad would sing and act out the 12 days of christmas it was is that right it It was to die for so they they would get the 12 and they would assign the characters and so like you know my dad would be like the turtle dove and be like you know whatever a turtle dove does but they would sing and act it out and i would laugh my ass off
0: that's a great memory, and I will have to bring up to Dave because I haven't seen that. So maybe we need a reenactment happening with Dave and and his bride. I, 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 don't, was, I don't. I don't.
1: That was at a house before your time.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine. So how about Christmas movies?
1: Oh, uh, Vacation. The fact that uh Randy Quaid yells the shitter is full and a bathrobe is just. I can't unhear that. I love that movie. I'm a big Chevy Chase fan.
0: Christmas songs. Um,
1: uh, my favorite Christmas song is, uh, from home alone. It's that rocking around the Christmas tree and the Christmas party. (laughs)
0: Forgive him. Forgive him for he knows. Not what he does. That's not from home alone. Oh, it's, it's in Home Alone, but it's not from Home Alone. That's Brenda Lee. That's a 60s Christmas song, you fucking bozo. <laughs> and But that's funny. That's one of my mom's favorite, too. So shout out Shirley Miller. Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree. Good job, shoot.
1: What about you? You got a minute.
0: Yeah, no, we're really up against it. Um, maybe we talk more about this next week We still have one more before Christmas I have a lot of Christmas songs And I'm off the beaten path I like some of the um, For I will say right off the bat My all time favorite every year Is Darlene Love All Alone on Christmas There's many versions She's the original and she's the best Darlene Love. For me, it's not Christmas season until I hear her sing All Alone on Christmas. Now, she does have another popular Christmas song called Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, which everybody in the world has redone, again, originally by Darlene Love. And her version is the best, although U2's is pretty good as well. But listen to this. So, this is sort of a nutty Netflix recommendation for Christmas songs. I want you to look up Casey Musgrave's version of Felice Navidad. It's fucking awesome. Huh. I also want you to listen to No Doubts, Oi to the World from way back when. Um, That's a great uh, Christmas, rocking Christmas uh, song. And there's more. We'll leave some more for next week because we're so close to being buzzed here. Shoop, that's all we got for episode 47. You're the man. I appreciate you being with us. And look for us in between this week. Something coming out on Saturday or Sunday at the latest. What do you got?
1: Shout out to Lori from Speedway gas station this morning. I bought a coffee, and she is a sweetheart. There's not enough people like her in the world. You make Lori, me... we love you. She made me feel like being a better person today. So God love you, Lori.
0: We'll get into that more next week. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Shoot what you got for us. Play us out. Christmas tree and Christmas party This will go on the you can't see.